Everybody loves a good story, right? I said in first service, if you don't like a good story, you're just un-American. But uh, I want to tell you a story this morning. Um, it's a story about a young boy and his family. His family was your typical family. They lived paycheck to paycheck. They learned life as they went. There were struggles that just about any other family had. So I guess you could call them the typical poster American family. Now the parents wanted to help the kids succeed in anything that they did and they wanted to do. And like most families at that time, they went to church. The mother, she was a devout Catholic and the dad at the time was the I'm not so sure about this whole church thing kind of dad. You ever been there before? No, I have. They made relationships with people in the church. They went on retreats at church and they became very active members in their church and in the community around them. And the kids started to notice it too. And when the kids were old enough, they began attending youth group. So eventually the father of the family became their youth leader. So over time, the young boy began to see what his father was doing, and he began to understand what he was doing. And the young boy, he was an, always a compassionate person, always willing to help, always willing to care for people. He didn't have to go to youth group, but he saw his dad doing it, so he thought that it was the right thing to do. And it wasn't until the young boy graduated high school that he realized what had been happening in his life the whole time. God was preparing him for a calling. And in college, and at youth group in college, he accepted that calling. No one forced him. Everybody only guided him. They guided him through prayer. They accepted all of his faults and they prayed through them. They taught him about God and the Holy Spirit. They showed him the life of Jesus Christ. People kept telling him throughout this entire time that God had great plans for his life, but he never fully understood what that meant. But he knew that God equips the called, and God equipped him. You see, I know this story because it's a story about me. It's a story of how God became a part of my life. And I never used to like to tell my story because I always thought it was boring. Nothing bad ever happened to me. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't addicted to anything. I didn't get into trouble as a kid. And so I always struggled telling people about the story of my life. And at one point in time, um, when I was working in a tile distribution warehouse, there was a guy, and we, we, you know, we all share stories, right? And he sh I shared my story with him, and he said, that is the most beautiful story I've ever heard. And he, I said, why? It's kind of boring, <laughs> you know? There's nothing that really happened. And he said, because you never had to go through the things that I had to go through to make it to where I am right now. So here's my question to you. Why do we feel like we have to tell our story? So before Valentine's Day, which is this week, so this is a plug to all the men out there, if you have a boyfriend or a, a, a 
If you're a man, I hope you don't have a boyfriend, but if you do, we could talk about that in my office. Um, if you have a wife or a girlfriend or a significant other, this is a plug. Valentine's coming up, get chocolates, flowers. But we typically talk about love on Valentine's Day, right? It's that perfect place to put a sermon about love. We can talk about God's love. We can go through um, how love is messy, right? That's what we typically talk about, how love is messy. And then we go through Corinthians, right? So we talk about how love is patient, it's kind. Love doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it doesn't correct rights from wrongs, yada, yada, yada. And we get to the end. And then typically we end the sermon with a challenge, right? Never give up on love. So that's all I have for today. Let's pray. Well, I'll see you next week. We got it all taken care of, right? That's it. I'm just kidding. See, I don't think we need to talk about love this week. I don't think we need to talk about love today. Um, the Holy Spirit put it on my heart to talk about something else that I think is, is not related. And you're going you're gonna to say, no, it is when, I, when we start talking about it. But um, I want to show you the difference. So today... I want to talk about compassion. Now, remember when I told you about how love is messy, and that's what we typically talk about, how love is messy. It's, it's got a lot of stuff in there. It's, love is unconditional. So when something bad happens in your family or your significant other or, or whatever, it's unconditional. You try and correct the problem. Compassion, you're not connected. It, it has nothing to do with love like that. Compassion is the why we like to tell our story. Now, Jesus, he showed compassion to so many different people, and most of which he never met. And Jesus showed love to the ones that he was closest to, like his apostles, the disciples, and the people who were right around him. But particularly, he showed compassion to those that he had not yet built an intimate relationship with. And so today, we're going to look, and we're going to start in Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to read a story about uh, Jesus and the two blind men, and there was one of them who was mute. And we're going to look at the compassion side of Jesus. So, in Matthew chapter 9, in verse 27, it starts out and says, uh, this is in the middle of a story of Jesus uh, going on a journey. And as Jesus went on from there, there were two blind men who followed him, and they were calling out, Have mercy on us, King of David! When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. And so then he touched their eyes, and he said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And then their sight was restored. And so Jesus warned them sternly and said, See that no one knows about this. But then in verse 31 he says, But they went out and they did what? They shared their story. And they spread the good news about him. Not just to their neighbor. Not just to their friends. They shared their story all over that entire region. There's something about telling our stories, right? So let's go on. So while they were going out, there was a man who was demon-possessed and, and could not talk, and he was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man had been mute. He spoke, 
The crowd was amazed, and they said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, It is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. Even the Pharisees couldn't understand compassion. And so here's what Jesus did. If we keep going down, Jesus, he went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. You see, Jesus was the one who wanted to tell his story. He wanted to get it out there. And so if we keep going in verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. See, compassion is this interesting personality trait. And I know this because I have the spiritual gift of compassion and I have yet to, to fully understand what it is. I remember at this very young age helping many people who I had never known before just because they were hurting or they were emotionally struggling or there was something going on in their life. Some of those people I had never even met before. And most of them I didn't even know their names. But for some reason I felt the need to help them. I've listened to people who needed someone to talk to that I've never known before. I've prayed with people who are strangers on the street. And it's all because of this compassionate gift. And so I guess you could say that for whatever reason, God has given me a soft heart. But here's the most interesting part about compassion. And that's that people don't understand what it is all the time. Like I said, the Pharisees especially didn't understand compassion. If you go back to verse 34, it says the Pharisees even said that it is by the prince of demons that they drive out demons. I was playing tackle football one time in college and I remember this story so vividly. There was a a man who had the ball and, and he was running down the sideline and somebody just plowed him over, tackled him. He hit the ground. And when he hit the ground, his knee, and I won't be too graphic, but his knee was dislocated. And so he's laying there on the floor and he is just screaming as loud as you can scream. And at this point in time, this was before cell phones, so we couldn't just pick up a phone and call. So we were on campus, and we were at a field that was clear across the other side of campus, and so somebody had to run and go to the phone and call 911 so that somebody could get there to help him. And so for whatever reason, he was sitting there for quite a while, and he was still screaming, and for whatever reason, I felt like I had to go over there and help him. And I didn't know what I was doing, and I don't know why I did it, and I still don't know why I did it. I think it's just because I'm compassionate, but I walked up there, and for visual purposes, I kneeled down, and he was on the floor, and he was still screaming, and I just kneeled down, and I grabbed his knee, and I sat there, and I looked at it, and I just prayed. And as I was praying, his knee popped back into place. He had been sitting there for forever with his knee dislocated and all I did was I grabbed it and I prayed over it and it popped back into place. So the rest of the time, all the other guys 
were looking at me like I had six heads. Like, are you some sort of doctor or something? Can you, like, do that to me? You know, I've had this hurting thing. Or they're like, what are you doing? You know, why did you even do that? And my answer was, I don't know. I just felt the need to pray over him. So that's that compassion. So Jesus, he always sees a need for compassion. And so what he did was he began to teach compassion to other people. And so he then sent out these disciples to show what this compassion was and how it is towards, towards others. So if we keep going down into this story, we're going to, in chapter 10, starting in verse 1, he says that Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and he gave them all the authority to drive out the impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. When I read that verse, I had a thought that came into my mind. And I want to tell you guys here this morning that God has destined every single one of us for greatness. Whatever it is in your life, he has destined you for greatness. And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that all you've been called to do is drive out spirits, to heal diseases, to touch the, the lives of people like that, because I don't know what your calling is. And as much as I could tell you and, and yell at you and scream at you and complain at you that you're not using your gifts, I can't force you to use your talents. And I don't want to. That's not, that's not fair. Service and serving others should never be seen as a commitment. Serving others should always be seen as a blessing. Maybe you're already living out service right now. Maybe you've already got something going on. You, you could be taking food to someone. You could be helping out a fem family member. You could be sharing your story with the people around you. Maybe the one thing that you're great at and the only thing that you can do right now in this church because you can't think of anything else that you're good at right now is prayer. Can I tell you that prayer is the most amazing gift that God can ever give you? The church needs prayer warriors. They need people to come alongside and just pray and just kneel before you and just pray. But I want to think about this idea of greatness for a minute. Have you guys ever read this Bible passage? We call it the Good Commission. Have you read that one in scripture? How about, the, how about the good commandment? Have you heard of the good commandment? They don't call it good in the Bible, do they? It's called the great commission. And it's called the great commandment. And God knew that he had destined us for greatness. You see, the Holy Spirit, it spoke to me this week about this urgency of Scripture. It led me to these two passages. And, and, and he showed me that through these few passages, God expects us to be urgent with bringing the Word of God to our community. And doing things good isn't good enough for God. He wants us to do it great. And you know what? He'll give us the gifts to do it. If you look with me in Matthew chapter 22, we're going to continue in the gospel of Matthew chapter 22 and verse 34. 
It says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. And one of them, an expert in the law, which means he knew this front and back and can tell it to you. He tested him with this question. And he said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied and he said, I love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. I couldn't not talk about love today. Sorry. Had to throw it in there. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second one is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And then, if you continue and go down to Matthew chapter 28, he says, Then the eleven disciples, they went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And then Jesus came to them, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been done to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. You don't need to know anything else. Go and make disciples of all nations. If you can love God and love others, that's all you need to know about Scripture. Love God and love others, and then we can go. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to Obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I will be with you to the end of the ages. God will give you the gifts to go and make disciples. He will teach you. Do, do you see the urgency in these words that he's trying to say? Go and make disciples. You got it already figured out. Have you seen Jesus work in your life this week? Have you seen the Holy Spirit work in your life this week? Do you love that? Do you love your neighbor? If you can do those two things, Jesus says, fine, you got it figured out, now go. That's it. We don't need to know anything else. Love God and love others. And so if you're young like me and you're energetic and you're bouncy and you're bubbly and you're just ready to go and you're, you're young and you're like, I'm on fire, let's go do this and you don't know where you're going to send your fire but you just want to go and shoot it everywhere, then you're ready to say, okay, let's go. Go make disciples, let's just do this. And young's a relative term, right? Because if you're younger than me, then I consider you young, but we won't go there. But maybe that's not you. Maybe you're the one who's going to pray beside the ones who go. Maybe you're the one who stays here and does other things to help benefit those who go. We all have different versions of go. Nick talked about the cook team. Go and cook, right? Maybe we go and we disciple to the young people, and we go. But the first step of action when we talk about this urgency is prayer. We have to pray through it all. And so I'm not going to make you do it, but I can almost guarantee you that every single one of us out there knows of one person that has yet to come to church and knows the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? You know at least one, right? 
And so today we are going to do what I like to call intentional prayer. We are going to intentionally pray for those people in our lives who have yet to know the saving power of Jesus Christ. And we are going to pray over them. So I'm going to give you three steps this morning that I want you to do through this prayer. And then we're going to pray through it as a, as a congregation. The first thing I want you to do is think of that person. Think of that family member. Whatever is in your, your, your sphere of influence, I want you to think of that one person. That happened in first service too. That's kind of ironic. Isn't that weird? Here's the second thing. As you're praying for this person, I want you to pray that they become receptive to listening to what you have to say. Soften their hearts. Pray that God would just soften their hearts. And then here's the third thing. I want you to pray that they will come to church. Because once they come to church, we can teach them even more about the saving power of Jesus Christ. Can we do that this morning? We'll just do an intentional prayer. I love prayer by the way. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. I think I've told you about that before, but um, I want to pray about those things this morning. Can we do that? Let's go ahead and bow our heads. And we'll, we'll pray over this this morning. Father, I come before you and I ask that you listen to every single name right now that is going up to you. I ask that you remember these, these people. And Father, I pray that their hearts may be softened so that they may be able to hear the word and hear your voice, Father. That they may understand your saving grace and, and your power and, and Father, that they can live for eternity with you. And Father, I ask that through this entire process, Father, that we can teach them and show them the, the, the power of church and that we can bring them here, we can share that good news with them time and again. I pray, Father, that through all of these things we can share your love, but most importantly, Father, I pray that we can share that compassion that you showed on so many people with these, with these people. I pray that we can teach them that it's, it's okay to be messy, but it's through your power, through your grace, that they can come to know you. I love you so much, God. I thank you for your son. I thank you for, for letting us live in eternity. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Hey, Pastor Brian here. I hope you enjoyed the video. If you want to check us out in person, you can come to two of our service times. One is at 8 a.m. and it is a traditional service. You can also see us at 10.30 a.m., which is a contemporary service. And we have 9.15 Sunday School in the middle. You can also check us out online. We have a Facebook page, an Instagram page, both under the name Riverton Christian Church. And you can also visit our website, which is www.rivertoncc.org. Thanks for watching, and I hope to see you soon.